Alright, there we go. That's got me in the mood to do this thing. Good evening, it's 10 nice. Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Scala, and it's also, uh, if I haven't told you and I haven't, it's Monday, November 7th, 2011. How you doing, Jake? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Mr. Scala? Were you not in the mood to do this before you listened to that song? Well, I'm always in the mood to do this. I just wasn't sure that I would bring the energy level that I needed to, so now I am. Cool. Sure. What have you been doing that's sapping your energy? You've been losing a lot of using a lot of precious bodily fluids. Losing a lot of sleep. That uh, this daylight savings thing is for the boids. Oh yeah. Not just for the birds, for the boids. I. What impact does it have on you? I have someone living in my house who doesn't understand it. So, Do like, babies care what time it is, or is it just like they get up when the sun's up? Well, he's been getting up pretty regularly at 6.30, but he he can't look at a bunch of clocks and go, oh, that says 5.30, even though it feels like 6.30, I should probably just lay low for a while. He oh, just I goes, see. I'm awake. So, the yeah, the day we switched the clocks, he was up on time, which was an hour early, and then the then today, too, he woke up an hour well, earlier. One than- could argue, though, that it didn't actually change anything, right? I mean... You, when you got up at five thirty in the morning, that was twenty four hours after you got up the previous day, right? Uh, it's just that a clock set five thirty, right? But not this morning. Okay. Because last night we went to bed on the new time, and then we woke up on the old time, and that kind of sucks. Mm. I it's weird. I within I don't have any external factors really. Like, I never have anything that's scheduled early in the morning. Although, whenever I schedule anything, I always schedule it early in the morning, just to keep me honest. You know? Right. Like, if I have a dentist appointment, I'll be like, yeah, make it for, like, seven. So <laughs> so that I have to get up for that. Uh, Do you really? I don't know. I find... What's that? Do you really? Really? You get up at seven? Yeah, I will often... Uh, like, it, mostly with dentist appointments or doctor's appointments, I'll get... Because, like, they, nobody ever wants to go in that early. So it's uh-huh. like, sure, I can be there. I can be there tomorrow at 7 a.m. And then you just go home and go back to bed? No. No, I've never been able to do that. Huh. Like, once I'm awake, I'm awake. Or rather, once I'm awake and out of bed. I mean, I you know, I, I'll wake up. I, I rarely sleep through the night, you know, so it's like, not. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but I tend to get up within like an hour or an hour and a half of the same time every day left to my own devices. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Daylight savings didn't do anything for me because we've evolved past it in my part of the country. Yep. See, the problem is we've been staying up till twelve or twelve thirty, so that Jess can finish up her like teaching work, and I stay up out of solidarity and and out of boredom, and the desire to not go to bed by myself. So uh, then, when we wake up five to six hours later, that's just not enough sleep for me. And thank God the kid is uh, the kind that will not burn down the house if I'm asleep and he's just playing. So after I get up and get him his breakfast and make sure Jess gets out the door, okay, then I just go lie on the couch and sleep while he does does stuff. Yeah, like play with barbed wire and cook uh, stuff in the oven. <clears throat> yeah, I make sure that he has full access to as much broken glass as he needs. And he needs a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. It's got a lot of castles to build. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, Mr. Actually, I have two questions for you. Um, one, the 
fuck is the deal with the black eyed peas? Don't look at me. I don't understand. They used to be a band that was kind of interesting because they were like three guys, a couple of whom were pretty good rappers, and they were they had some stuff to talk about. And around about when they decided to add Fergie, they just kind of decided that they would rather be richer than God than make good music. Which, yeah, I mean, good for them. Sure. I mean, that, so there was a point where they did good music, and that's why people talked about them like that they were like they were a good band because everything I've ever heard, like ever, I've always heard about them as though they were like a good band. You'd hear people talk about them the way that somebody would talk about like Outkast, right? But then every time I've listened to anything by the Black Eyed Peas, it has been like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Right. But there was this list of like, I, you know, it was just it was just some like nerd baiting list posted on slate of like their predictions of the things from the 10 uh from from the 10 years prior to now that are gonna stand the test of time and become yeah. legitimate cultural artifacts and one of them was i got a feeling by the black eyed peas and i'm like i don't know that i've ever heard that song so i looked it up on youtube and i listened to it and i was like i cannot believe that this is a band that anybody has ever said anything good about like i've heard that song but i assumed that i heard it in the context of like the car commercial that it was written for uh because what the like who who wakes up and their muse tells them to record that shit (laughs) no it'll be fill your cup mazel tov I was confused it's, by that. It's, just like, it's like John Tesh. It's like it's like a thing that you'd hear playing over the loudspeaker at a sports game. A sports game where they're playing a sport. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for taking me to this sports game. When will the humans engage in sport? <laughs> um, okay, and the second question, why why do nerds have sinus problems? Uh, you know, I'll, like, my, nerds my, are myopic. But, like, it's. I think it's more like the stereotypical, like, say, Hebrew school nerd who's just complaining about the problems that he has with his sinuses because of this weather or whatever. But, right. man, am I having some problems with my sinuses because of this weather, Mr. Skullhead? <laughs> well, your weather's been kind of crazy, right? It's changing. Yeah, but it's... It, I've been having trouble before that. It's like I get a head cold and then everything is just wrong for, like, three or four months hmm. after I get a head cold. So... I spent a good portion of the year with, like, just this little worm made of pain running from my the top of my right nostril to the back of my right tonsil. I need to get that shit removed. All of it. Yeah, I think you should go into... You should, uh... Pull up your man pants and go get surgified. Surgified? Okay. Surgicified. Right. I will. I will put on... I will put on my big boy pants. Um... Uh, Every night, I think, God damn it! tomorrow, I'm calling that guy, and I'm going to say, hey, we talked about getting my deviated septum fixed, and then every morning, I'm like, fuck, man, it's so depressing that that doctor is younger than me. I can't call that guy. <laughs> That's admitting defeat. And then you go, also, I could die. I could totally die. If I let him put me under for this procedure, I could totally die. Mm. Which, no, I don't... I mean... You know, I, I discussed this. I discussed this with my doctor, actually. Uh, when he was like, yeah, that procedure is really not a big deal. You should just get it done. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's like everything else. I'm more scared of the anesthesia than I am of the procedure. And he was like, you know, in all of my years of practicing medicine, I've never known. 
a single doctor to like lose a patient because of anesthesia. And I told him, and this is, this is honestly the truth. Like it is not that I am scared that I'm going to die from the anesthesia. Like I trust that they know what they're doing more than that. It is that like, there is that moment. And I mean, maybe it's not like a fixed moment for everybody. Maybe it just seems in retrospect, like a fixed moment for everybody because certain things stick out in your memory, but there's the like, there's the like sort of recognizing the fallibility and humanity and mortality of your father. Yeah. That's a thing that happens to a guy, right? Right. And my dad just being super fucked up from anesthesia from surgery is what kind of fixed that for me as a kid. Uh. Like he just got he just got sick. Like it he he went for some totally minor surgery like he got like a thorn that was stuck in a joint in his thumb removed. But then he was just like just like this helpless wreck when he came home because of the anesthesia and that just like was like huh okay so anesthesia is a thing that takes like a powerful guy who knows everything into a into a gibbering helpless wreck and so you know i don't know like i'm i'm really i'm really put off by the idea of being like out of my head you know like i really don't like I really don't like the idea of the kinds of things that I would say if I literally had no filter hmm. because I have almost no filter okay. in my day-to-day life and it gets me in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to just fucking do it. I'll probably do it at the beginning of December when I don't have anything to do for a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, man, my shit hurts. Yeah, it sucks. It's fucking cold you. outside. I, uh... I rode my bike home and then immediately ordered some gloves because it's like, I need some fucking gloves for this. Need some we should have brought shotguns for this shit. should have brought gloves for this shit. That's what I, that's what I said. Um, how's, how's things on your end of the, end of the country? Things, huh? We're, uh, I think it was colder here. I think it was as cold here as it was there today, buddy. Nice. Today was kind of great. Like, that... 55 degrees and sunny is just about optimal conditions for me. Yeah. I like, because I like being able to wear a light jacket. I like to go Yeah, like a members-only jacket? Now that you're a dad, do you have to wear a members-only jacket? Uh, actually, they wouldn't make me a member, so they won't let me wear the jacket. I see. Yeah. That, that's you wouldn't want to wear any, you wouldn't want to wear any jacket that would let you be a member? Of the members-only club. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the weather's been beautiful. We've got, like, orange leaves and yellow leaves and bright red leaves. And the tree in our backyard got huge over the course of the summer and now is just exploding with color and exploding with explosives. But, uh, are you gonna, are you gonna pile up leaves and let your spawn jump in them? Or are you gonna say that that's too dangerous? We did that. We got, a, like, a pile of leaves up to his head and he let, he jumped in them. No, I'm doing too dangerous. I'm not that. I'm not that kind of dad. You gonna get a trampoline? Oh yeah. That, he had that thing that stopped him from falling down the stairs, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's the kind of pussy shit you're instilling in this kid." <laughs> <laughs> There's. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. That's, you know, that seems like a fairly reasonable precaution. <laughs> There's a window where you've got to keep them alive for them to develop some smarts and some fear. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time, like, when he was big enough to walk and big enough to climb on things, that he didn't have any fear. And that was kind of dangerous, because he would climb up on something and 
be just about to bash his head in before I caught him. But, like, over a winter, he developed that. And going back to the same park that he had just climbed on like crazy all summer, then the next spring when we went there, he was really timid. And it took him a while to build up, but he's still careful, because he figured out, like, at least a little bit that he can hurt himself doing stuff. So you just have to keep him alive until... Has he gotten any of the, any of the, like, injuries that make people wonder if you're beating him? Yeah, my mom, actually, the last time, or one of the last times that she was here, he had a bruise on his tailbone. And she, like, looked at me and was like, Josh, what is this? I was like, are you kidding me? Of course I would not beat or spank him. Have you ever talked to me at all? But, uh, yeah. Are you, like, super, are you, like, super anti-spanking? Super, yeah. Huh. You got spanked, didn't you? Yeah. Or didn't yeah, you don't. That's you don't want to do that's, that on that's air. That's why you're. You what? That's, you don't want to do that one on air. That's a, a big, discussion with an, with opinions that I hold very very strongly and will be un, unpleasant for our listeners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can we can agree to disagree about things. Sure. That's in our nature. Also, I'm totally spanking your kid the next time I'm at your house. Hot. I don't want him to miss out on all of the things that I get to enjoy <laughs> as a kid. At least wait until he joins a fraternity. Sure. Uh, and puts on a dress. Uh, Your fantasies about see. my child are very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I'm talking about like, has he fallen down and like gotten like scabs all over his face and stuff? Like, because I, I remember times like in all of my cousins' lives where they had like just some really nasty looking shit that just happened because they fell off of something or whatever. Hmm. Like he he's avoided the he's avoided the serious like. Is that going to turn out to be a disfigurement kind of things? No, he hasn't gotten anything like that. All right. I guess we spent a lot of time just running as fast as we could around, like, rusty farm implements. (laughs) So there were more opportunities to to sort of get those really sweet wounds when I was a kid. Um, So, yeah, fall. Fall times. Fall times. We went to a Guy Fox party. Uh, okay. I think that was it. Was it also? It was like a party outside the Scientologist church. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just it, people will seize on any opportunity to have a party, and that is as good as any. So yeah. Or were there were there explosives? Like were there fireworks? There were fireworks and a bonfire, and a and bone fireworks. So you know, pretty much just people standing around eating off of paper plates. And drinking beer. Huh. It was a guy who was a home brewer too, so there okay. was just tons of really good beer that was exceptionally alcoholic, but gluten free, which was interesting. Oh. Like a gluten free IPA that was ten percent alcohol, and it was delicious. How do you make gluten free beer? I don't know, but he does it. Does does barley have gluten in it? Something about the process does, yeah. Huh. But to the point that most people, when they make gluten-free beer, do it with rice, I, I guess. And he got sick of not being able to find any good beer snob beer to drink, and so he just started like messing with things and coming up with recipes on his own. Huh. So gluten can be found at blah blah. So it looks like you can make beer out of sorghum that doesn't have any gluten in it. Sure. 
um, which I've had a reasonable number of sorghum beers. Uh, there is, uh, those were a handful of the like least, the, the, the less offensive beers that I had in that hundred beers project earlier wow. this year. Um, yeah, interesting. Must have used something other than uh, other than barley or wheat. Aye. What'd you eat? Oh, just stuff, you know. Crap, <laughs> like nacho cheese and cheese balls, and Doritos and candy. Mm. Okay. It was a potluck to where everybody brought kind of the food that they're not eating right now. Now that they're now that everybody's being all healthy and we have kids and stuff. I see. So. Silly food. Then they ate it. And we ate it. And we felt they just sick brought it hoping everybody else would eat it, and you stepped up to that plate. <laughs> that literally. You stepped up to that plate and then consumed everything that was on it. And the plate. Yeah. Did you drink too much and have a hangover? I didn't this time. I think the gluten free beer actually helped the stomach stuff. Oh, yeah? Because I, I had. Celiac disease. I had five or six of them. But I felt fine. Do you think, do you, think you have celiac disease? Makes I don't know. You, makes you fart and sick. My mom has it, and so do both of my sisters, and so does my grandmother. I'm hoping I think, that uh, that means that's a disease for girls. I'm hoping that that it is a disease for girls. My uncle Brian has it too, but he's mm-hmm. gay, so he's like half a girl. Uh huh. So I don't know. Is that actually are either of those things actually true? That being gay makes you half a girl. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It depends on what you're counting. No, is your Uncle Brian gay, and does your Uncle Brian also have celiac disease? <laughs> yes, both of those things are true. Wow, that's weird. Mr. Skullhead. <laughs> and it, it's very comedically expedient, but it's also true. <laughs> okay. Because it sounded like a thing you would make up. Right, and frequently I make things up. Like, well, you do. Ten and, y- yeah, and, and I just 15, believe them. Fifteen years ago, twice, I made things up that you believed, and now you think I do uh-huh. it all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah, you know, now I'm on guard. Yeah. Now you're on guard. Uh, We're constantly um, what did I do this weekend? I didn't, I, I went to a couple of things. There's a, there's a friend here that was moving out of town. And so there was a going away party at Prankster's and then a going away dinner at a barbecue restaurant that I went to last night. Um, I, I, I had kind of a life-changing experience. I ordered at this barbecue restaurant just a plate of sides. As you tend and to And the do. guy was like, sure, we can do that. And it was fucking great. Because <laughs> I don't like that meat. Uh, but then they also had these these biscuits that were like ordinary biscuits, but like coated in sugar huh. on the outside. So they were a cross between uh, British biscuits and American biscuits? Yeah, yeah. It was sort of like a biscuit that the crust had been turned into kind of a shitty sugar cookie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and when I want a biscuit, I want something salty with butter on it, you know? Yeah. Maybe so I just ate, the, some, uh... ate the top off and pretended I was eating a cookie right. and then put butter on the bottom part of it and ate <clears throat> that like it was a biscuit. When I make them at home, I tend to just mix a couple of... Uh, maybe a double handful of cheddar cheese in, too. So you make the cheesy, oh, yeah. cheesy buttery biscuits. Just put as much dairy in there as you can. What do you uh, do? You make like a, you have like a biscuit mix. No, I just looked like, up just like allrecipes.com had a drop biscuit recipe. Okay. So I drop them. What's in it? Just flour and yeast? No yeast. Uh, baking soda, baking powder, 
and okay. flour and butter. And huh. a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt. Okay. And a bunch of cheese. I mean, I think that's what makes the biscuit different than bread. I think it doesn't have yeast in it. Right. What is a bisquick? Is bisquick just like a combination of flour and baking powder and baking okay. soda? Yeah, I think so. I think it is just something like that, yeah. I don't know. I gotta start making cornbread. Because I don't know if you know this, Mr. Scullet, but I like eating cone bread. You do? You do? But I only ever get to eat, eat cone bread when I go to, like, the, the soup and salad bar restaurant. They always have cornbread at those places. Um, every once in a while, there'll be a restaurant that's like, oh, check it out. We've got cornbread. Isn't that quaint? <laughs> Maybe like, dude, I was into cornbread before it was cool. Yeah. Give me a pabst is what I say there to dip my cornbread in. Um, hey, so I was thinking we might uh, we might take this opportunity uh, while there are a, a limited number of uh, all reasonably appropriate questions in the Radio Bugbear Box and answer questions from the Radio Bugbear Box before getting to the forum thread. How would you feel about that? That sounds lovely. All right. Well, let me jump in there so I can see them too. That way I don't have to uh, listen to you. Gnomam wrote uh, right before Halloween, could you guys implement a skill that's like olfaction but for picking the Halloween adventure that you want? These new Halloween adventures that you guys added further dilute my chance of getting the candy I want. I don't think we've added any new Halloween adventures in a number of years. Yeah. Um, hmm. And also, no, because, uh, like, one of the balancing factors that we use to not worry about what the Halloween candies for a new outfit does is the fact that it takes three or four adventures to get one of them. Right. Um and so, you know, we know that some people will do it, or, you know, probably more accurately, some people's multis will do it. But if it was just a thing that you could get one per turn for as many turns as you cared to spend, we'd have to be a lot more careful about what they did. Uh, so, yeah, no Halloween adventure olfaction. I mean, King one, right? What? what, what? Yeah, people were talking a little bit about their, like, being concerned that the new candy took didn't take a turn but gave stats for free yeah yeah i mean there was there is already some stuff like that and you know there's more of it it's it's rare enough does that spark yeah um green kill going well that writes please ken has zap command from chat um yeah i think there was a reason that we didn't do it and it was that it wasn't <laughs> perfectly straightforward because there are multiple this was just a dumb way to do this I don't think it's actually funny that there are six different items that are the zap wand uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's just it's like a net hack joke um, but it just made it so there were six different items that did the same thing uh, and that's what that's what stops it from like being a thing that you could do in 30 seconds as me or CD Moyer um, but yeah I don't know if enough people ask Damastus says, possibly too complicated, but how about a can dungeon of clan members' pants? I think he meant clan dungeon, but it's funnier if it's can dungeon. How about a... A dungeon based on their stats or equipped pants, and it's by invite only. Ho-ho! Dungeon could have similar mechanics to the photocopied butts. The final boss would be player's junk based on how many items are in the inventory slash closet slash stash slash display case. So you'd have to fight their peen based on the size of their e-peen, I think is what you're saying. Sure. And, uh, there's a party in my pants and you're invited is how that would start out and uh, yeah you know sometimes the inch mile really threatens the level of discourse that we're trying to maintain up in this piece 
We let them fight butts, and they want to fight balls. Yeah. We, well, first we let them fight balls. We just didn't let them fight individual people's balls. Did we let them fight balls? In the hole in the sky. Uh, no, we let them fight twigs and berries. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Chef Bob 27 says, is there a limit to how many cans can be taped to the neck bros wizard staff? Nope. Uh, I mean, there is because there's a limit to the number of cans of beer that you can drink. So like, yeah, 15 a day or 20 a day. Disco Daryl says, it would be totally cool if you made an outfit that gets you jaw bruisers when trick-or-treating. Yeah, I think Scully probably agrees with you on that. That uh, wouldn't be cool at all. Yeah. Scully hates the jawbreakers or jaw bruisers, and I I only love them because they are in limited supply. And so every time it happens, every time you see one get used, it is somebody spending a bunch of resources making that happen. And that's why it's that's why it's funny now. I see. So pretty funny. I still I gotta get that poster from uh, from Cirrus. He had he just made an inspiration one of those motivational posters, but it just had a quote from C D Moyer in chat while he was under the effect of best joke ever and jaw bruiser. <laughs> and the only legible word in it was fart. <laughs> so did he actually have it printed? No, he. I, I tried to get him to make me a poster-sized version of it, and he said the file was like too big. I don't. I don't know what happened. I, I. I lost the courage of my convictions and didn't keep needling him about sending it to me. Is what uh. happened. Um, he just made the image, and I was going to have it printed myself. I found a place. It's actually surprisingly cheap to get a poster printed. Yeah, like you get a good-sized poster printer for like twenty bucks, which, I guess, the world is just slowly changing as we're getting older. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, with this whole comic book thing, like, there were just all these options when you looked into it this time that weren't there six, seven years ago when we looked into this the first time. Yeah. being a- Just being able to do all of the research online and having somebody who actually had prices online was a thing. Yeah, that's the that's a rough thing about trying to do business with, like, traditional companies. It's like, every time... It is always a bad sign to me when a place doesn't publish any prices because then you're like you know they probably don't publish any prices because the prices are so high that no one would decide to do it if they weren't allowed to actually like talk to them and apply high pressure sales techniques I forget what I was looking for I was looking for some kind of house thing online oh yeah I was looking at uh, because there's this disintegrating staircase on the on the back side of my house that when I when I got this house the inspector was like we're just gonna say that that is a collapsed staircase so that we don't have to mark the house down for having an unsafe staircase. It's like, that needs to be replaced now. You can't use it. Um, But I've been happily using it for all these years since then. But Uh I was looking at getting like a a prefab cast iron spiral staircase. Hmm. Like an an outdoor spiral staircase. And no place has prices for anything like that. Well, sure. And so I'm just like, all right, is that a thing that's going to cost like $5,000? It's it's been my experience that if somebody is making something at your house, it costs $5,000. Really? Like if they're putting it at least $5,000. If we're if they're putting a new roof on your house, $5,000. Drain tile in the basement, $6,000. Anytime somebody comes to your house and makes something, 
So like it's it's five thousand dollars. Yeah, people love it when they can like come over to my house and make me cookies because I give them five thousand dollars. Yeah, because I mean I feel like replacing this existing staircase with a wooden staircase would would maybe be five hundred dollars worth of lumber, maybe. If that, yeah. And and you know it would take like it would take like a couple of guys a day. Think. Yeah, they had the right tools, and so that couldn't cost five thousand dollars, right? Like, how does a spiral staircase? I, I just, uh, I, and I don't even know who you talk to about something like that. Like when I've had these things done in the past, like I had, I had like a door put in where there was no door before, mm-hmm. and the whole thing, including painting the room that it was in and rerunning a bunch of the electrical in the room that it was in, cost like twelve hundred bucks. Huh. You know, including including the cost of the door, which I think was like six hundred bucks, and so it doesn't have to be crazy expensive for people to do stuff at your house. Right. I you think know, it that- wasn't when they when that when they threw the uh, the brick through the window at the office, and I got that new door. That wasn't like that wasn't super expensive to get new doors put on the office. Hmm. I was again, and they're like for both the front, a big front door and a big back door, and all that interior work. It was like maybe. 1700 bucks yeah you know there are prefab metal spiral staircases right so it's yeah. not like somebody has to come and weld shit I, I will bet that you could go to Home Depot or Lowe's are there Lowe's in Phoenix because Lowe's are like the yeah, I think Home Depot only nicer really yeah like they're like the target to Home Depot's Walmart yeah we also have Menards, which is the Circle K to, not Circle K, no, okay. the Kmart to uh, the the Walmart okay. Target. But yeah, I will bet if you went to Lowe's and asked somebody about it, they would be able to hook you up. Yeah, they would like know a place that did that or something. Yeah, or they would or have even just, the or raw even just parts like a, could you give me an order of magnitude on how much this would cost? Yeah. Um. If I do that, if I replace that staircase with a spiral staircase on the outside, I have to. Uh, I, I also have to get rid of the pool toy storage area that's filled with scorpions and pool toys. Ah, oh, darn! That's it. A, that's an added benefit. Choose wisely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably a stupid idea. I don't know why I like the idea of a spiral staircase. Actually, I just hit my face on it every time I tried to go down the stairs. You just gotta get it a little bit taller. A little bit steeper spiral, rise. spiral ladder. <laughs> but I, I can see you're not wanting to put another wooden staircase back there either. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it really, what it needs is to have a roof built over it. Uh-huh. And that's just not going to happen. I don't really understand why they thought it was a good idea. to. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that they would have added on to the house. Because, like, the sidewalks are, are built around it and stuff. Uh-huh. But maybe it was. I don't even. I don't know. Like you can't just put like an exposed wooden thing out. Or I mean, maybe you can because it's Arizona, and you know, it's like okay, it is obvious that the rain is going to destroy this, but it's going to take twenty years for the rain to destroy this, and that's probably okay. Right. You know, I mean, I guess I could just replace it with a wooden staircase and just be judicious about water sealing it every couple of years, and it would probably be perfectly adequate for my needs but being judicious about water sealing things is you know what I did though I water sealed the uh, roosting boxes the or the nesting boxes for the chickens and uh, 
it's been raining and they've been not disintegrating yet hmm. so you would say the chickens have come home to roost I would I would and they've got a safe place to do it lovely uh, let's see Disco Daryl says oh no we read that one already Primavera Angel Hair says did you see this drunk slut claims to have made it uh, and it's a link to uh, yeah somebody finally discovered the uh, the uh, oh wait <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was a something else but this was another post from later. Uh, it's a sweet sword and martini guy uh, stick figure. They did that thing that I have never managed to pull off, which is the carving the pumpkin low enough that light will shine through it, but not poking a hole in it. I did that this year. Yeah? With my pumpkin. It, but, I don't know, either my pumpkin was really thick or I needed to keep scraping it down because it needed a really strong light for it to work. As well yeah. as I wanted it to. Like a single candle, you could see it in pitch black darkness, but it just wasn't the same. But it's cool to do. Like you can make all, all sorts of shapes that you don't you can't make when you have to worry about things being connected. Yeah. I mean, I tried it once and had that same problem where I just couldn't... I mean, it's possible that you, in order to do that, you just need some non-fire... I You know, I just can't bring myself to put like an electric light in a in a jack-o'-lantern yeah especially the little you know, flickering leds it's like eh. i know it's safer or whatever and i'm not entirely averse to like a fake electric candle i guess yeah you know i don't like it and i would prefer a real candle but i just remember like there was a one of the places that we stayed when we were in san diego had this big display of those electric candles and it like actually looked pretty nice when you went in there because uh-huh. it was like not a place where you would have a bunch of flickering candles you know it's like oh this is like going into like a like a a a catholic church on the the night after everybody lights a candle for whatever reason catholics light candles (laughs) everything i believe you know oh they're filming a madonna video here (laughs) that's the night um uh, yeah, I, I, I just I need like a tea light in the candle, but then I always like the candles, the the jack o' lanterns that I made this year. I just didn't get enough airflow to keep a candle lit inside them because uh-huh. I was I was pretty thin with my with my cuts. So that's an advantage of a fake light. This is not a fake light; it's real light. I really think I'm pretty thin with my cuts. Should be a line in some rap song. Hmm. I'm thin with my cuts, and I like girls with butts. That's how you follow it up. Yeah, probably. Linguini Lad writes, It would be cool if you guys created some more no-cap hats that gave the hat rack the ability of one or more familiars at 1.0 or higher, like 1.0 Fairy and 1.0 Leprechaun, for example. I doubt if it'd be a problem, since you guys said that the two familiars aren't really worth two anymore. Uh, or the two Mr. A familiars aren't really worth two anymore, is what you meant. Now, is there any reason why the slime-covered helmet on a hat rack gives one potato and one fairy, but the upgraded version, the corrosive cowl on a hat rack, gives only 0.5 potato and 0.5 fairy? Any reason why? Uh, a lot of the reason why is because any hat that was made after the initial pass-through on the hat rack just had functionality completely pulled out of its ass, pulled out of our ass. Yeah. Uh, which is not to say that a lot of the early ones weren't just pulled out of our asses, but they were at least gone over for consistency yeah they were retroactively balanced at least yeah um so yeah who knows i mean if there's a if there's a particular case where you think that something doesn't make sense and is imbalanced and he's gonna hate me for saying this but drop hot stuff a k-mail 
And that because that's the kind of thing that bothers him if he looks at it. Because like, oh, it's like oh, this doesn't make any sense. Why does this? Why is this thing better than the thing that it upgrades into? You know, it's like okay, there's certainly no harm in making it at least as good. Right. Uh, and then he continues. Would you guys ever give a copy of Missing Monsters to the Factspot Network? For example, the missing trees from the Shivering Timbers. All they have right now is the TP tree that I contributed. You know, no, uh, because part of what was interesting to us about deciding to let like holiday monsters and world event monsters be puttyable is that people had to be on the ball and do it if they wanted to have that stuff in the future and right. the idea that somebody because of their because of the monster that they had puttied was like the only source of the drop from this one monster from back in the day from from now until eternity was really appealing to us when we were thinking about how this was going to have an impact on the on the game, right? You know, I'm really curious. Uh, like, uh, because I think it's a better story if a month from now somebody is like, "Oh, hey, I came back after a hiatus," and uh, then they they talk to you, and then you realize, "Oh, fuck, you've got one of the you've got the deadwood tree in a 4D camera. You should totally fax this for us." That is going to make a much better story than. K mailing me and me putting that monster into the fax network. Yeah. Right? Like, because if we're going to put in ones that are hard to get and require a lot of coordination to, to, to maintain, like, a sort of you know, complete set, then there's no incentive for people to actually do it if they know that they can count on us to fill in the gaps. So, no. Hmm. I like it this way. I think it is fascinating that only one of those trees is in the Faxbot network. I think that is a much better story than if they were all in there. Uh, Damastus says, you asked about making clan dungeon items tradable. They could be distributed to the clan itself and thus sold from the clan so the clan stash gets the meat from the loot sale. Yeah, but that doesn't work that way. Um, everybody always says when I talk about the problems inherent in the distribution of clan dungeon loot, well, why don't you just make an item that you can only put in the clan stash and only members of your clan can get out, and that is the same as being tradable. Right. It's just more of a pain in the ass. So, you know, it's like some somebody would instantly write a bot to just whitelist you into a clan that had whatever so that you could pull it out. Uh, Green King, right? So are you guys working on making the game 100% playable via chat commands by any chance? That would be awesome! And he spells awesome to actually uh, rhyme with possum. Huh. Um, are we? Do we? Should we? I have been... I have been resistant to allow actual adventuring from a chat command hmm. because... While I understand that there are automation tools that allow people to write scripts that adventure for them, I don't really want our chat macro language to become that kind of automation tool for people. Um, and as it stands right now, I don't think that there's anything that you can do in a chat macro that places you in a like an interactive state. Right, like you can make a macro that does a series of things, but everything that you can do with a chat command is a thing that has a single result, um, or at least is something that you can walk away from. Like if if you if there is a chat command to start to adventure in a zone, 
we've then created a situation where you can write a macro that calls that adventure, it, you happen to get a choice adventure, and so the rest of the macro either needs some sort of queuing system to be able to happen after you're done with that adventure, or it needs logic to be able to fight for you, which I totally don't want to do, or, although I guess you could just use a fight macro, um, or it has to just stop working, because it the, the first command in the macro puts the game in a state that will not allow the rest of the commands of the macro to fire. Right now, everything is pretty instantaneous. I mean, you can do something like, you know, I guess you could activate, like, the Greatest American Pants or something, which would put you in a choice adventure, which then doesn't let you, uh, doesn't let the rest of the, the thing go. But that's the thing people complain about. So I don't think making it 100% playable by chat commands is a thing that is a, is a reasonable goal. Because, I mean, you know, don't even, like, put stuff in your display case and, like, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit that you can do in the game interface that doesn't make any sense to write chat commands for because it isn't any easier to use a chat command than it is to just use the interface. Uh, Evangion Q says, looks like the Hana Sorority House is gone right on time. So sad I didn't get a chance to get all my clannies their neck bro loot. Oh well, hope it comes back next year. Discussions are ongoing. Uh, Bellyfuss1 says, Have you seen this video? It's not much, but KOL gets a mention within the first 10 minutes. And then he uh, links to it, something about teaching code literacy, which I will have to look at that video later because I have not seen it. Um, I'm going to open it in a new tab and bookmark it here. I'm going to try to stop it from playing. It's not going to play. Um, anyway. Pobblebunk says, thanks for including blacksmith on the sorority jobs list because blacksmiths are totally sexy. But are they as sexy as a genetic engineer or a gynecologist? We actually didn't have gynecologist on that list after all that discussion in chat. Oh, yeah? But, uh... Well, there was still, like, a werewolf accountant. Right. And so are you a person who counts werewolves and writes the total of them in some sort of ledger? If you were a sexy werewolf accountant... Maybe. Yeah. Um, have you ever like? I guess a lady blacksmith would be pretty sexy. Lady smith. Because it's always that <clears throat> like, oh, there's somebody hammering some swords with a hammer, and then they take off their blacksmith mask, and it's like a lady with curly red hair, and she's hot, and you're all like, damn. And she says, "You like pain? Try wearing a corset." Uh, I don't that, know. Is there a scene where she's smithing some black? I don't think so, but she ought to be. I know that Ladysmith Black Mambezo is not particularly sexy. No. They're talented no, musicians, some, but... Uh, yeah, they're just some singing dudes, you know. Maybe some maybe some heavier ladies in that mix. Lady Blacksmith Mambezo? What? It's uh, the Mambezo that always stopped me. Linguity Lad says, Do the uh, number of additional cans taped to the Necro's Wizard Staff reset upon Ascension? Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, that was... It t- to not would have been to tempt fate in a way that I wasn't interested in doing. Uh, ACM says, Scully is strictly wrong on pecan pie. True, the best is not all coagulated corn syrup, but the toasty, salty, slash sweet thing is awesome. I've never, I think, encountered a pecan pie that had any salty. It's it. not a salty, sweet thing for me, which I don't like, but I don't, I don't get that from that. I get, like, the texture that the pecans end up with is the, like, like, they taste like wood, and they get stuck in your teeth like a milk dud, so you're just eating this pie full of milk duds made out of wood. 
Huh. It's not the most delicious thing I've ever put in my face. See, I really like milk duds, and I really like having milk duds stuck in my teeth. And I also really like when you get, like, fresh coconut, and it kind of tastes like wood. Uh-huh. So I think maybe I need to go to wherever you've been eating pecan pie and eat some of that pecan pie so that I can enjoy that experience. Right. I mean, I did like the chicken from Rapper's Delight, even though he complained that it tasted like wood. <laughs> that is the only part of that song that I can ever think about. It is weird that that's the song that launched rap when it has like a two or three minute digression on going to a friend's house and not liking the food that is served. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that is a strange, strange lineage. Uh, what else we got in here? Granite Swift says, if you're going to keep making limited time clan dungeons with non-tradable loot, you really need to relax the multi-laws. Because for those of us being legit without multis, that basically means we need to find a second clan or just deny one of our characters. No, we don't. You're fine. Maybe it means you can't get the stuff on all of your multis if you're not willing to put them into clans. And that's fine. Um, another fan says still loving the scarecrow got the slug lord pants message and it made me laugh a lot seems like if you had as much of a voice as this guy monster would be running from you running I tells you yeah, I, like I really need I... to go through and read all of those I'm, I'm entirely unfamiliar with the content from this last item of the month <laughs> I like the way he turned out there's a uh, people were wondering what kind of creature he is because he talks about like, growing up on his palatial estate and father would make the servants, blah, blah, blah. But he's mm -hmm. a scarecrow, so is he some, like, spirit of a fancy British guy in a scarecrow body, or what? No, he's just a scarecrow. When he yeah, was a, he lived when he on was a scarecrow kid, plantation. Yeah, he lived on a plantation. He's a, he's a scarecrow from a very good uh, scarecrow family. Right. He's a, of the New Hampshire scarecrows. Right. Um, you know what I read uh, that was pretty interesting was M.A.S.H. This is apropos of nothing. Okay. But, uh, the, yeah, the book that the movie M.A.S.H. was based on. Uh-huh. It was pretty good. You ever seen the movie M.A.S.H.? Uh, yeah, I'd, I heartily disliked the movie. Really? Yes. Did you like the TV show? Yeah, and I think that was it. Like, I read the book... And I enjoyed it, and I watched. I had watched the TV show all growing up, and the movie just seemed kind of pointless and missing the balance between the like poignant scenes and the funny scenes, because there weren't really that many funny scenes. In the uh, in the movie. Yeah, and then huh. it, the ending pissed me off mightily. I don't remember how it ended. Part of it was at the time I was living with um, <clears throat> one of the guys I went to high school with who was a total douchebag. It wasn't you. And the other guy that I lived with after high school who was a total douchebag. And he uh, he insisted that I watch the movie after arguing with me how for liking the show because the show was just shit compared to the movie. And uh, all through the movie, I was like, okay, this is... I'm not really getting this. And he kept saying, well, just wait till the ending and it's just perfect, man. It's just beautiful. It's like fucking great. And as soon as we hit the ending, I just turned to him and said fuck you for making me watch this entire thing by telling me the I, ending was, was the, gonna redeem it was the ending of the movie appreciably different than the ending of the book i maybe because i mean in the book did you did you say you read the book or no i don't know that i read the book all the way through now that i think about it huh. it was like it 
to me, the book was just exactly how I remembered the movie playing. Like, each chapter was a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the book, they just go home. Sure. At like, the end of the really movie, happens. they don't though. Is what? At the end of the movie, they don't though. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what happens at the end of the movie. I don't remember it. I mean, so, like, I think that I like Donald Sutherland more than I like Alan Alda. So I can say that. Oh, boy, yeah, I would say the opposite. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Like, just in like in general, I'm saying. I don't, I don't necessarily mean, like, in that role in particular, but, like, in general, I feel like Donald Sutherland is a guy that I would rather watch than Alan Alda. Yeah, I feel the exact opposite way. Huh. I don't dislike Alan Alda, and I don't dislike Alan Alda's Hawkeye because that's that's sort of what the character is to me. I mean, that's what I pictured yeah. more often than not while I was reading the book, and I had to remind myself that nope, I need to be picturing Donald Sutherland instead. And then I had to remind myself, no, I'm supposed to be using my fucking imagination. <laughs> um, you know, which is why I couldn't re- like, even though the the main character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was described as looking absolutely nothing like Jack Nicholson, I just couldn't not see Jack Nicholson, right, in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I think I would probably rather watch the TV show than the movie, but I think if I had to try and like give an academic appraisal of the, them both, I would. I would say that the movie was more of a like self-contained and good thing. Like the the show went on long enough that it could get goofy. Yeah, it had its right? bad and it's good. Like there and and there was no clinger in the movie, right? Or in the book, right? And like that, I think we can all agree that clinger fucking sucks. Except they turned him into somebody interesting. <clears throat> Did they? Yeah, like he ended up being more than just the guy. The kind of goofy cross-dressing comic relief. I guess they always had to have the. Was that was that at a time when they had perfected the sitcom formula to where there was always the A story and the B story? Yeah, that was back uh, when sitcom theorists were still finalizing those things. Well, no, I'm, I mean I'm kind of serious about that. Like, what no, did I, Mash I have that structure, or had they yet to arrive at what became the just formulaic structure for a sitcom? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's a weird thing. I, I like I first became aware of it when uh, Adam Carolla was talking about having made this sitcom pilot and sitting around at the meetings and getting frustrated that like everybody's talking about the A story and the B story and what they're doing with this and what they're doing with that and him just kind of freaking out and, and yelling at them because <clears> like at no point has anybody said anything about whether or not anything was funny. Which yeah. seems to be the point of what we're trying to do here, and yet that's not what anybody's talking about. And and I was like, huh, okay, so that's that like is a thing. And then suddenly I start seeing references everywhere, like I don't know, reading like Mark Rosewater's stuff about writing for Roseanne, hmm. uh, you know, in the context of his Magic the Gathering R and D job. You know, we just talked about like, oh, okay, so right, that is sort of true that. Even, like, every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation had, like, the mm-hmm. A story and then the sort of silly B story about some other some other crew member. Have you have you looked at that Twitter, the fake Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> season 8 yeah. thing? That's pretty funny, right? And it's like, yeah. a lot of those totally sound like they could be episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's like, oh, yeah, there really was just that formula where there was, like, 
there was like the usually the science fiction story was the main thing that was going on and then there was also the like human interest story that was going on with one of the minor characters I remember a lot of stuff from episodes of MASH that mirrored stuff that was in the book but like the movie just portrayed those scenes yeah and that was kind of all that had been written I don't know if the guy who wrote the book had anything to do with the TV show or not People, uh, let us know, guys. Are you, are you feeling the mash talk? Uh, killing time until the break. Did anybody else um, uh, play mash when they were kids? How did you feel about Scrubs? I never got as into it as everybody else did, but I thought it was good. Like the Just, stuff that I've seen, I enjoyed. Our buddy, our buddy Jamin, kind of pointed out that that is sort of the modern day mash, mm-hmm. right? It's like the. It's like the genuinely funny, but also sometimes genuinely touching and has uh, a kind of a, you know, like a frank discussion of like serious and shitty stuff. Right. You know, in this case, it's less about war than more just about like, oh, yeah, everybody eventually gets sick and dies with scrubs because there wasn't like there wasn't like a backdrop of a popular or an unpopular war. There should have been if scrubs had been set during the war in Iraq, the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they if they uh, giving uh, giving saline drips to people to cure their hangovers yeah I feel, I feel like a, a, an army hospital in Iraq would have been pretty boring you know because hmm. there just weren't there weren't a lot of people getting hurt well they were getting hurt but I feel like they were either getting really hurt or not hurt at all yeah yeah <coughs> oof Excuse me. Let's take a break. I, uh, sure. For whatever reason, I've developed the bladder of a tiny child. Hmm. Do you keep it in a jar on your desk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I need to go pee in it. <laughs> All right. You go pee in your jar. We'll uh, be back after this. Hey. Hey, buddy. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. My child's bladder is now empty. Excellent. Mine probably is as well. Uh, let's continue in Radio Bugs Bears so that we can get to the fourth grade. Pablo Bong writes, Dude, just shut down the Grimo and Halloween Dungeons. Make an announcement that's coming down at the end of the week and for everybody to get their shit done before that. Done, buddy. Done. Alpha Omicron says, Special donate- donation item was mentioned in the recent hand turkey thread on the forums for multiple Mr. A's, a box that contains a random previous item of the month. What do you think? I think that that's a cool idea that we will never, ever do. It's an idea that would attract... People who are prone to gamble anyway. And it's an idea where we would probably make a lot of money and a lot of people would be really pissed at what they had just bought. Yep. And that's um, just not how we know, roll. We don't, we don't roll like that. In a, you know, in a perfect world. So one thing that I, one thing that I, a better way that I could imagine doing this is for three days there is a raffle top prize that when you open it it's a random former mm-hmm. um, but even then like no you know it's just too <sighs> while people get upset at times when they're like oh fuck now it's no longer even theoretically possible for me to get a hand turkey which I don't think that that's true I think that there are probably a bunch out there um, I haven't actually looked but, 
doing stuff like that would erode the actual interestingness and and like meaningfulness of there being a scarcity landscape for those kind of things hmm. you know uh, let's see Deus Noctum says fix slash count so it works with dice d4 d6 d8 are too short to work now um, yeah I suppose that CD Moore could just write in some kind of an exception case so if you typed something that was only two it would only allow you to search for it would only allow you to count exactly that item um, let's see uh, another fan says, wait, the skillbook change went in? That's awesome. I could finally use all my Crimbo carols and employee handbooks and stuff. Yay. Yay. Prag says, hello. Today on the Jig Show, uh, oh, wait, he says not to read this. I'm not going to read it. Midnight Baker says, there are four Chicle adventures with similar text. Besides the click nope type gameplay, it's hard to see that there are four jokes. What would you think about making it a choice? Uh... It, you can't make it a choice with the same jokes, right? Because it's not like... This is these are stories in which you say one of four different things. Like they're four different conversations that you have with the kid. They're four different references to movies that you probably don't get. It doesn't change anything to have it be a single non combat instead of those four non combats. I think people are thinking because there are four of them, they come up four times as often. Is yeah, I mean I'm you know, true? I'm not saying that's a great zone for the stuff right. that you need in there, but I don't think any of the other things that you need in there are non-combats, are they? No. I don't even I don't even remember. The other non-combats are like the what are they? The the Meligra pills, which nobody cares about, mm. and the getting your whatchamacallit thing that nobody cares about, the sombrero, which you're not going to do in run. Like there is there is literally no difference gameplay wise between there being four of those and there not being four of those. I mean, it is a, like it is meant to evoke the annoying sensation of trying to do shit in Mexico and not being able to because there are constantly kids trying to sell you gum. Which right. you know accomplished. that's obnoxious in real life and you know, I mean, I think the fact that there's a 50% non-combat chance there and the fact that that's mainly the thing that comes up makes you especially hate that one but like you would just start to hate the Meligra ones more if we changed those to be le- like not four different but I, yeah I, it, it just it, that's yeah. a weird thing I really think it's just people think that the more non-combat adventures there are in a zone the more frequently they come up yeah that and is... that's just not true like Knowing that that's yep. not true, do you still want those to be collapsed? Yeah, but I mean, I think they, I think you probably do, right? Because yeah. there's just something about something about the way that that zone interacts with the human psychology. The psychology makes people makes people feel that way. Hmm. Zanmator says, "If you're stuck, reread your quest log. It puts the fun back into frustrating." You just made me inhale my drink. Congrats! I don't even know where it says that. Is that something you wrote in the documentation or something? I don't think so. Uh, Linguini Lad says uh, he asks again for a slash zap command how does a mutated alien elf go poop it has no bum well they have to trade off one of them gets to be the one who eats every week yuck dude that's not the kind of joke that you would make that's not the kind of joke I would make in the game but that's the kind of joke I would make in response to that question no okay 
Uh, what does the tiny plastic naughty sorceress smash into? Nothing special. I just looked. Someone else writes. Uh, I was just listening to you guys talk about the game's documentation on the show. I haven't played in a long time, but I was curious to see what you were referring to. I looked through all the option menus at the top and figured out that you could only access it if you had the links activated up there instead of the icons. So I clicked on it, and it gave me four topics and nothing else, one of which was credits, which is not useful. The other two were the chat pane and known scams, uh, which uh, which uh, isn't really about the gameplay of KOL. What? On the surface, this documentation doesn't seem to have any information on it at all. It's hidden in piles and piles of nested links, most of which you can only get to from pages unrelated to the four topics on the main page. In addition, there's no way to go back a page if all you can do is click on the link at the bottom, which just returns us to the start of the maze. There's no contents page or anything. Do you agree that the documentation's interface is terrible? Uh, okay, so uh, the credits are not useful, but that's not what they're for. They're fucking credits. So let us have that, would you? Um, uh, you know, the, the known scams thing, I don't know that I believe that that's where that belongs, but that's where it got put. I don't know that we need that anymore. Really? To be honest. Maybe I'm just further removed than I used to be from the, the whole people being scammed, but I haven't had anybody ask me about any of those things in years. Yeah. And it says to contact me if you have an issue with any of these scams and I'll go after the person, but I won't give anything back to you. But nobody has t- has done that in forever. So I did add a documentation link to the iconic menu because I just forgot hmm. about that. Um, because the documentation is not a thing that I really think about. I'm I'm torn in a lot of ways on how to feel about any of this stuff because I feel like I feel like the the state of the art for video games has evolved to the point where a video game shouldn't need a manual anymore. Right. You know, because you don't... Like... Games don't have manuals anymore. Or if they do, it's about shit like, you know, how to buy DLC or how to install it or whatever. Or, you know, it, like, it's not, it's not even... Like, shit is so complicated that you can't even put in, like, a meaningful troubleshooting section anymore. So, like... The documentation is more or less divided into the things that are clearly not about what you're interested in, and then the main screen, which is where, like, the game takes place, and where all of the stuff about the game and the basic systems of the game are listed in the documentation, and then the chat pane, which is where all of the documentation for the chat is. Because the chat documentation is pretty important, because there are a lot of things that you can do in there that are non-obvious. Right? Right? There's just a lot of different things that you can type that do things, and there needs to be a place where there's a list of them. And that also you get to by, you know, it tells you in the chat how to get to the chat documentation. So, like, if you don't know that there's chat documentation, then I can't help you. Because every time you log in, you are shown a sentence that is how to get to the chat documentation. Right. Um, and the chat documentation is well maintained. Like whenever, whenever CD Moyer adds a new chat command, he adds a new line to the documentation, like pretty religiously. Um, and as far as the other stuff, like I just I don't know what, I, like people talk about. Somebody posted in this this is the forum thread too. It's like, oh yeah, the documentation is woefully inadequate. I can't point to anything specific that's missing, but I just have this sense that it's shitty documentation. And it's, and it's that which is always what people say, which leads me to believe that we would be better off if there were just no documentation at all hmm. than we are now where there's documentation that people complain about 
even though no one has ever been able to tell me what they feel like the documentation should be. I mean, uh, Gamelli is working on a documentation revamp that is huge. And it'll explain every single thing in detail, and it will be everything people think documentation should be, but nobody will ever read it all the way through. They will just go... The people who are complaining now will go, yes, this is comprehensive, and that's it. Right, and the thing that I wanted to know was buried in it. I mean, like... It, what there is in the documentation is shit like explaining what hit points means and stuff, which, like, nobody wants to write that. Nobody wants to do that. Right. You know? And it's like, you can only get, like, the, the KOL is... The gameplay of KOL is so much a product of, like, just random ways in which we've decided that things can interact with each other that, like... It's not... When people start talking about things that are missing from the documentation, they start talking about things like how the hermit works and stuff like that, which is not stuff that belongs in documentation about a game. In my experience, right? I mean, they're... Like, the Super Mario Brothers manual shouldn't tell you about a specific pit in World 1-3, Mm. Right? It should tell you, like, this is the button you hit to jump. This is the button that you hit to go fast. Jump on enemies to kill them. Unless they got spikes on them, look out. Right? And it's like the KOL manual is like, click on these things to adventure. Click here to look at your inventory. Equip stuff. Click here to use your skills. These are the different kinds of skills that there are. Some of them are buffs that you can cast on other people. Some of them are combat skills that you can use to punch monsters and shit. Right? And, like, that's what the documentation is. And it's... You know, it's, as far as the basics go, fairly comprehensive, I think. I, I, like, I sound like I'm on the spot and defending this thing, but I, like, the problem that I have is, is twofold. One is that I am not sure that there is a clear purpose that the documentation for a game like KOL serves. And, and two, all of the criticisms that are leveled against it are useless criticisms. Right, like, I don't. I, I I feel bad because like Gamelli's project. I I feel guilty about that because I feel like it's a big thing that he's put a lot of work into, and because of the way that I feel about documentation in general, I have not been able to provide him with any enthusiasm about it, and that's got to be demoralizing, right? Yeah. And it's 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 not that that work isn't isn't good, and I don't think you know Chris Moyer always pops in when we say nobody reads the documentation anyway, and then he tells us how many thousand people read the documentation today. And then we're like, oh, okay, I guess people are looking at this. I like to think they're all just looking at the credits, though. Yeah. Like, who should I credit for this awesome thing? I The backlink, I'll hand you. Right? It's just yeah. not, like, I wrote a little sort of hypertext system that other people could write the data for and it didn't lend itself very well to a backlink um, you can always just go back in your browser which is what I do alright we're having this problem with the character pane rollover clock Yeah, being off by an hour uh, Linguini Lad says, why is it possible to sell dense meat stacks in the mall? Also, why is the minimum price for them 2,000 meat? Kind of pointless to sell them in the mall when they're easy to make. Well, yeah, but 
It says, could you possibly make the min price for them 1000 Like, no! What the fuck would that accomplish? <laughs> like, so you can sell them in the mall because they're tradable. Uh, they're tradable because all items were tradable when I made them. The minimum price for them is 2000 meat so that people won't sell them in the mall because that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so since you're getting rid of the Haunted Sorority House, are you going to get rid of Crimbopolis? I hope you get rid of both because it's only fair. No, it's a lot easier to get rid of the Haunted House than it is to get rid of Crimbopolis because it's not part of another another big thing. And nothing is fair, which means that everything is fair. Yeah. Uh, everything is permissible. Nothing is true. Everything is permissible. But not Josh Moodle123 says, here's a podcast question for you. Some douchebag in Slash Games keeps talking about shower dumplings, and this picture is his proof. Does this item actually exist? Ah, oh, man. That guy finally found the shower dumplings. I was wondering how long that was going to take. I thought it wouldn't have taken this long. Yeah. Felgod says, with all the bitching and moaning about when, if, you'll dump the sorority house, you could just give a big, none shall know the hour, and just do it when you feel like it. Oh, I'm doing it when I feel like it, Felgod. Felgod understands my pain, Mr. Skullhead. Yeah. Latte says, thank you for the announcement on the haunted sorority house. Giving a closing date, allowing loot to be distributed, and ending an ascension-relevant exploit is a terrific. <laughs> I think it is. It is very much a terrific. <laughs> it's like, guys, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to give the player base a terrific. Uh, Karula says, I know Jake hates the MMG, but is there any possible way to implement a way to bet from the chat window, please? We should uh, um, make our mobile KOL app just be an MMG interface device. Ooh, yeah. Be awesome. That's that's what most people care about anyway. Yeah, it would be really simple to make, you know. And sell it for a dollar. There you go. Oh, and we should have you be able to do in-app purchases of meat for, like, a couple of bucks. Hey, good idea. Yeah. Uh, Infested Jerk says, Allow discovery system to use the still for you while making drinks. Now, that thing is already a big pile of marshmallows stuck together with spit-covered pretzels, and the whole thing is going <laughs> to collapse at any moment. It's, I love it when somebody is like, What the fuck? Why did this waste all of these slimes going through the, like, 40 different permutations of making things out of themselves because of the slime recipes that Riff spindle? But I, it's it's so awesome when a computer does something like that that I it's like <laughs> it makes me not want to tell C.D. Moyer to fix it. Um, Nicodemus TBO says, hey, gang, why are the drop rates on the cursed gear for the scary pirate so low and cruel and horrible? Well, because that's what they're for. That was a thing that was supposed to be really hard to get. Oh, and fun back and frustrating is a fortune cookie thing, says Whack. See, we should record all of our shows live so we get this kind of immediate feedback, Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Starwood says, make the tutorial work like Grandpa. You can ask him questions about the game and he spits out documentation. Sure. We talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that being a lot of work that we weren't sure was for a purpose, though. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, you put a lot of jokes in there. That's true. It's like, dear tutorial, what is an effect? Yeah. I, you know, it's weird. It is so hard to put yourself in the position of somebody who doesn't know anything about KOL or potentially somebody who doesn't know anything about video games. Right. Trying to play KOL for the first time. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, it's and it's the kind of thinking that leads to like the arrows during the tutorial now because like you know watching Hot Stuff's mom try to play the game, she was like, "What? What am I supposed to do?" Yeah. It's a there's a thing that says go to the big mountains and there's a thing that says the big mountains. What do I click? That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Cool. Oh, let's see. Let's go to the forum. That was it. that was all of the radio bugbear questions from For the those last of you, like three months. Those of you who say we never answer the radio bugbear questions, suck it, nerd. Although what's weird is that those actually were all radio bugbear questions from like the last eight days. <laughs> the first one in there was the thirtieth, and I don't. I guess I might have done some on the Thursday show. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Weird. What? Uh, Wax says, everybody loves these two people. Now you two can get a Kickstarter on asking them all about the comic book and other important topics. Yeah, you said you got a you said you got a proof of the comic book today. I did. I have I have living proof of the comic book. Was it acceptable? Is it good? Yep. I need to talk to them because they have the first draft of the ad on the last page. Mm. So I just have to make sure that they use the right version of that page. They've uh, definitely been sent the right version of that page. Yeah, but. Like Riff sent them a file that had everything laid out in the actual print spreads, so like page twenty three and page two on yeah. one big page, that kind of thing. And then, as a guide, he sent them the PDFs of the original pages in sequence. And I think they com- they just compiled everything uh, from the PDFs. And the only thing, huh. the only difference that that would make if they did it that way was that they would get the wrong version of that last page. The PDFs were, like, pretty low quality compared to the original files, though, too, right? No, the PDFs are the original files. Oh, oh, not the PDFs he sent us. Another larger set of the PDFs that he... Yeah, the PDFs that are in that folder are, like, 30 megs a piece. Okay. Yeah, so they're of print quality, and it would be fine if we used those. Those are the ones that Riff used to build the thing. But, uh, yeah, I was a little sad because I thought that by proof they meant they would actually like print one and cut it and staple it so that i would be what they did yeah no it's just a color proof so they just print out the pages on a really nice printer that's calibrated to match their right their offset press oh so it's like well yeah i think you don't actually get a copy of the book until you have three thousand copies of the book so, you know, like, I'd never seen them that big, and it was nice to see that they look nice printed and that the text is the right size and the colors do look good. So, that's yeah, good. now you have another thing to give away. Yeah, like here, color proofs. There, you could do it yourself on your own printer, but then you wouldn't be giving us any money. Um, we got to figure out the um, how to get the PDFs to people. Yeah, we do. That'll be a thing to talk about on Wednesday, probably. DRM free! Well, sure, but just some way to distribute them to the thousand, the twelve hundred people. Right. Individual carrier pigeon with Do flash drives with a floppy disk. Yep. Do we have KOL names associated with all of them? I don't think we do. No, we just have email addresses. We have email. Okay, so email addresses are fine. Yeah. Uh, Wax says for the upcoming challenge path, will you be restricting the use of the new item of the month familiar? If yes, will you also be restricting the hat rack? This also applies to items these two familiars can equip. For example, Spangly Sombrero slash Mariachi Pants for the item drop potato type. I don't know what you mean 
by that. Uh, so I probably just shouldn't have read it. Yeah. But I didn't want question two in question two to not make any sense. The Fancy Pants Scarecrow is really, really cute. Could you possibly change it so the familiar image is always visible regardless of what's equipped and have its equipment show up underneath it? I love its little hat. Huh. I agree that it's pretty cool. Um, you know. It is adorable. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I think having, a, having it twice as high would bother as many people as it would make happy. And the pants aren't always going to look right lined up next to it. I think they were suggesting having the pants image show up on the right on the left hand pane, and having the familiar actions in text be the the familiar image. Oh, that's pretty. That's a pretty good idea, actually, because yeah. you'd always just be able to glance over there and see what it looks like, but you could also see the actual familiar. Yeah. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with that. Um, Dear Jake and Scully, what's the most important question in this thread? Dear Jake and Scully, don't worry, hot stuff can't hear us. How is he coming along in his goal to organize the annual spleen familiar to be ready for January? I bet we can do it. It's going to happen. The spleen familiar will definitely um, happen, because that is a relatively simple thing compared to the content familiar. Yeah, well, although the way that we've done it, it's it requires a, a large measure of the work for the content familiar to be done in order for the spleen familiar to be interesting in the same way. Right. Right, which which I think is a good idea. Um, yeah, dear Jake and Scully, how's Word Realms coming along? Any estimates on when we might see a release? Nah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Every day, every day, shit gets done. So it like someday, someday. I've been I've been doing some 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 backend stuff, writing some scripting languages. They have cool names. Uh, dear Jake and Scully. Can you confirm or deny rumors that December's item of the month is going to be awesome? Also a seed packet? I bet it's pretty awesome. I can it's confirm that it's awesome. Oh, did you just confirm that it's a seed yeah, packet? Yeah, we had been telling people that either November or December was going to be a seed packet, and clearly November wasn't. Right. Or was it? If you can get the scarecrow to spit out the shower dumpling, then you can plant that. Yeah. Um... Ultimate Chaos says, I get kind of overwhelmed by the size of my inventory when I get into Aftercore and pull everything from Hanks. Can there be a way to keep some things in longer storage and some stuff that I want to pull for Aftercore? I've been using my display case for this by having a shelf marked cold storage and dumping everything into that. Made a few shelves since, but they're still under my storage shelf. Anyway, I can move that storage shelf down below the others so I can still show off the shelves I'm more proud of on top. What we need to do is move forward with the thing that we started working on, um, which is the things that were in your closet when you ascend it, go back into your closet when you pull everything from Hanks. Um, and that is pretty trivial. I think it requires us to move the closet to InnoDB, but I don't think that's actually that big of a problem. Um, because I think that's a thing that we could just convert. It's a small enough table that we could just convert it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we changed the way that inventory and Hanks work just for performance, and we were like, okay, so if, if pull-all, if the new method of pull-all works and doesn't cripple the databases, then we'll be able to do that closet thing that we've been talking about. And then it didn't clip, cripple the databases, and then we got new databases that were even super faster, and it's still not crippling those. So uh, that's, that's coming. Underscore Voss says, how are these dust storms that are coming through this year and last Friday affecting you guys? As a follow-up, if I am left alone again this Thanksgiving, can I come over? Um, I don't 
feel like I was really affected by any of the weird weather here lately. Yeah. We rode, uh, Hot Stuff and I both rode our bikes to work on Friday and then did not feel like it made any sense to ride them home hmm. because there was like 30 mile an hour winds and it was it very much seemed like it was about to just rip a hole in the sky and start pouring down rain. Yeah. It didn't quite happen. Um, let's see. I'm not, uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, Mr. Skullhead? Oh, we're going to have half of the in-laws over. Which half? The left half? Uh, my father-in-law's family. My mother-in-law's family tends to do something, and then my father-in-law's family does something. And every other house that my father-in-law's family has is full of either cigarette smoke or vicious dogs or both. So we, uh, in order to avoid the awkwardness of saying, I'm sorry, I don't want to bring a child into your house, we just said, hey, we'll have Thanksgiving at our place. We have a huge house. We have a huge table. We'll uh, do, do some cooking. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, bring your cigarette smoking pit bowls, will you? Well, gosh, I hope he doesn't listen to the radio show. <laughs> oh, he knows. Um, We're going to Vegas. I think that I'm not missing any... Um, we'll probably have to do the Thursday show on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, is that next week? That's not next week. Is it? No, it's like the 20-something. No. Um, 24th or something. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about Thanksgiving in Vegas. <laughs> Do you suppose there'll be a buffet where you can get your turkey and your stuffing? Oh, and yeah, there's. so uh, what we're planning on doing is eating the buffet at the Wynn, which I hear is pretty expensive, but also the best buffet in Vegas. Hmm. Um where they said under normal circumstances, there is a section of the buffet that is just Thanksgiving dinner, huh. right? And that's there all year round. But on Thanksgiving, they go extra all out. Huh. So I am looking forward to that. So I know that there are people who don't really like the Thanksgiving food and they only eat it because it's in front of them. But like, I look forward to it. it. It's shit that I probably wouldn't eat more than once a year. But, I, you know, I likes me some turkey and stuffing and gravy and... I like the yeah. both flavors of cranberry sauce, the kind that still has the shape of the mm-hmm. can and, and the kind that has actual cranberries in it. The kind that you make out of cranberries and sugar. Right. Yeah, I also, I like, I like both of those things. I like, uh, I really don't like candied yams. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I like with the, potatoes and gravy. I like the yams with the marshmallows on top of them. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't get behind those. They're too sweet. And, uh, Boy, do I not like stuffing. Hmm. Well, yeah, because it's it's the very it's essence soggy, of what you don't like. Soggy bread. Um, my dad was a big fan of stuffing with oysters in it, and I'm curious <laughs> if that would make. I, you know what I do like? I like uh, I like that fake like stovetop stuffing. Yeah. That I think is actually pretty good because it isn't just soggy bread. I think it is the authenticity of real stuffing that makes me dislike it. Isn't stovetop stuffing? I mean, stovetop stuffing begins its life as a bunch of croutons in a bag that you add yeah. water to until it's soft enough to eat. That is not soggy bread. It doesn't feel. It doesn't read as soggy to me. The okay. same way that 
bread that's been stuffed into an actual turkey and spent a lot of time soaking up fat mm. does. I don't, I don't know why exactly. Maybe I've only ever eaten it the next day when it's been left out to desiccate. See, every year one of, um, one of our people who come to Thanksgiving brings a classic stuffing that has oysters and apples and raisins in it. Huh. And every year it goes uneaten almost completely. I think he brings it and eats a couple of spoonfuls of it and the rest of us just stick with the regular stuffing. Which is usually just stoked up. I mean, You're not supposed to stuff are, a bird anymore. Oysters are the raisins of the sea and uh, raisins are the apples of the vineyard. Right, and uh, oysters are the apple of my eye. And apples are the oyster of my... Yeah, yeah apples are the oysters of my doctor. Right. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to whipping out the deep fryer and deep frying a turkey for Christmas dinner. Hmm. Yep. Uh, I like it. I like. Uh, I've decided that I just don't like white meat fowl. You know, I like a chicken leg and I like a chicken thigh and I like a turkey leg and I guess I'd probably like a turkey thigh. Right. And I like a chicken wing, but a chicken breast is just like yep. Yeah. I like. It, to me. I will eat, I will cook and eat a chicken breast, like a skinless, boneless chicken breast. I will do that as like the meat in an entree, but it feels like this, I'm eating this because I'm on a diet. Huh. Right? Like I'm eating this not because it is good, but because it is not bad for you. Yeah, the only way I can do a chicken breast is to cut it into little tiny pieces and bread it and fry it. And at that point, yeah. Yeah, it might as well just be a fried chicken leg. Right. I, I did find though that if you buy the thin cut ones, they then cook a little quicker and and uh, they they're less dry throughout. Yeah. I've never been a boob, a boob man, you know. Yeah. Um, I got a. Uh, I I would have I would have made fun of myself if if you told me from five years ago that I was going to buy a fucking George Foreman grill, I would have said fuck you. I would never do that <laughs> shit. But my old roommate had a George Foreman grill, and I used it a lot. And then when he moved out, I was like. Man, I miss that George Foreman grill. Nah. Um, Jersey Tomato says, Would you consider adding class subboards to the Challenge Path leaderboards? Right now, all but one of the hardcore fist runs on the board are accordion thief runs. That's, that's a little boring. It'd be cool to acknowledge the people who are doing good runs without the benefit of an automatic accordion. Uh, good runs without the benefit of an automatic accordion is the name of my uh, collection of uh, absurdist poetry. That's the name of my They Might Be Giants cover band. Uh, future challenge pass may not favor one class so strongly, but moxie classes will likely dominate as usual. I'd like to be able to easily see how all the classes are doing in any challenge class. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I don't know because because of the weirdness that is now associated with those leaderboards because of the like awards for being on the leaderboards. I feel a little reluctant to make dramatic changes to the way the leaderboards are, but I don't know. We were talking. C.D. Moore and I were talking about maybe having to do some shit like that for the new challenge path anyway. Mm. Lest it not make any sense. Um, yeah. It, it sucks that something like that makes... I mean, I guess it doesn't really, right? Like, or maybe it does. I don't know. Like, do I want... Do I want luck to be more of a factor than class selection at the bleeding edge of the speed game? Like, I don't know that I do. Right. right, it'd be nice if they were all perfectly balanced, but in order for that board to have a lot of variety on it, they would kind of literally have to be perfectly balanced. And that just isn't going to happen. 
you know, it's just things like the balance decision that accordion thief skills require you to have an accordion made it so the class that starts their life with an accordion has a tremendous advantage in that regard. And we did that as a, you know, as a means of differentiating the classes. Uh, and, you know, and we did. We differentiated them. And now some of them are better for ascending than others. Scarfiden says, can you change the plural of sorority girls box to sorority girls boxen? No. Uh, yeah, you don't what do you think, think about that that's funny at all? Do you? Huh? you don't think that that's, that particular joke is funny, right? I. It's not that I don't think it's funny. I don't think that it is funny enough to use every time it comes up. Right. Right? It's funny for, like, I, I in general, I think that, that uh, funny plural is a spice that should be used extremely sparingly. Right. Um, and I know a lot of other people disagree with me, and so they want to put a joke in every plural. But I'm just like, ah, come on! Just it's not—it's not funny if we always do it. You know, that's that's right. I think I actually um, went through and took out a couple of those that no, the more you? obscure ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like that. So you know, the the Gimlet or whatever. What like what was the one that was? was the one that you did the Gibson. That was changed to something else. That was like. Oh, Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's funny. Like, it just like it's okay for every once in a while you find some weird thing that you're like, "What the fuck is? What is this?" But like, the more of them that make it unclear whether it was the same item or not, right? The the, the worse off we are. That's true. Uh, what do you think about the possibility of introducing a charging mechanic for spells? Not necessarily for current spells, but future spells. I kind of have a hard-on for interesting spellcasting systems. Like the way I imagine it, when you charge a spell, in subsequent rounds you can either continue charging or release it. Damage and MP costs would scale so that charging it for two rounds and casting it on the third, take less MP and do more damage than insta-casting the same spell for three rounds. You can even make it so the enemy will automatically hit while a spell is being charged because the caster can't move. Um... I could imagine doing something that, that worked in a way that was similar to that. Or like, every time you cast this spell, we charge you a dollar. Yeah. So, it's the spell of I Need a Yacht. Uh, unnamed Hobo says, Dear Jacob, Mr. Scully, I turn your attention to this thread, which asks about the possibility of revamping the What is KOL page. You should ask Hot Stuff about progress on revamping the What is KOL page. Yeah, I think every couple uh, of every like month on our conference call, we say, "And how are we on the one is KOL page?" And we go, "Yep." Shadow Tiger says, "Hey, Jinx Scully, love listening to you guys banter and the fact that you'll throw out a hearty fuck you and deserve." Yeah, well, fuck you, Shadow Tiger. Uh, also been loving the latest items of the month since I came back from hiatus in January. Got to keep coming back for the writing in the awesome art. You're probably tired of hearing about the clan dungeons after the haunted house talk, ranting, etc. My question is pretty simple, though, I promise. Recent clan log update is awesome, making it so much easier to see who did what. Unfortunately, it also broke the log parser most people use to see which loot has been rewarded to people in that clan. I'm talking about the clan old raid logs.php page, which has links to 10 logs at a time with previous and next links. Would it be possible to have an option to show all the logs on that page, either as a button next to the previous next stuff or simple going to the URL directly? with show equals all or something like that um yeah I don't I'm not averse to that so if you if you want to send me a specific thing about the log reader and what way in which I can make it support the old behavior then I will gladly do that if it's just if it's just putting in if I can do that just putting in a, a feature that doesn't actually show up on the interface uh, thanks and I'm looking forward to Crimbo this year every Crimbo is better than the last right Scully yeah well certainly it's kind of nice that, uh, like, the Crimbo has started to become more of a team effort as we as we move on. I think starting with last year for sure, 
and that makes it a lot easier for me to just kind of shine off criticism of it. Yeah, like, oh, no, you're, yeah, go, you're go, mad go. about Crimbopolis? I, well, like, I, I feel know. like the I feel like the first real the the one that I felt like really proud of us instead of really proud of you was the Crimbucks one, the one with the casino. Oh, right, yeah. And stuff, which was 2 years ago, right? I think that's the I think that's the crimbo I'm probably the proudest of so far. I mean, you know, last year was cool. It like last year was an interesting to me demonstration that like we could do something pretty different and have it go over just as well. Um, so we'll see. Remember that I've been telling you guys to be prepared for disappointment about this crimbo because we got uh, we 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 did a lot of our holidaying with this Halloween stuff that you guys all loved so much. <laughs> Although you know, we never actually. When we say let's let's ease back on the complexity of X, we never fucking do. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited about the way this is going to play out. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's it. This is another one of those cases where it's going to let us just do some stuff without necessarily be constrained by like, oh, this has to be an elf right. doing something that makes sense for an elf to do in a Crimbus Crimbus story. The Crimbus. <clears throat> uh, Dear Jick, says Seabook, no path and by extension challenge mode as well. Ascension's default to liver is the possible steel organ. Is there a present day reasoning to support this design? Would you be open to the possibility of a no path slash challenge player having stomach or spleen of steel instead, some way or another? Not necessarily accessible before breaking the prism. Uh, um. So, I mean, the, the, the present day reasoning is that getting a liver of steel that allows you to drink more is the joke and stomach and spleen of steel are things that exist as a mechanic so that there is not a huge disparity in turn gen between the paths right and and so liver of steel is the organ that you get from the friars that is the canonical reward for that quest so if there is not a compelling reason to give you another reward like say you can't drink right any path on which you can drink you're going to get liver of steel as the reward because that is what that is what is supposed to be there the others are exception cases so that boostafarian runs didn't have a huge advantage over other runs that we felt should have been at least for 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 teetotaler approximately the same amount of turn gen um you know because there wasn't supposed to be a continuum between like all right so normal you get 100 turns boozer you get 90 teat you get 80 oxy you get 60 right like that's not a thing we imagined i think when we were talking about like oh in this one you can't drink and in this one you can't eat that the number of turns that you played would be pretty similar between those two paths and so that's why stomach exists in the first place and so yes that is the reasoning and i know i know that that's just like that's reasoning based on because the joke is about liver of steel and that is not reasoning that a lot of people like Hmm. um but it's the reasoning that there is uh, zombie fame and asking for an equip link after folding things that are foldable. It's like, oh, okay. WVO Quine says, Hi, Jick. 
Occasionally, when discussing opinions about video games, your own or other people's, you say, you can't argue with this opinion, it's not rational, it's a feeling. I very much like that you're willing to respect other people's emotional reactions and take them into consideration. Sometimes it seems to me that you bust out the argumentative move in order to end the debate. You often do this to yourself. When assailed by Riff and Hot Stuff or Scully, you'll say, look, this is just what I feel, I know I'm not rational. Um, I, so, I, I want to, before I read the second part of this question, I don't, I don't, I think, say you can't argue with this opinion. It's not rational. It's a feeling. I say you can't reason me out of feeling this way. Right. Because you can argue with it. You can argue with whether or not it makes sense. And usually when I say that, it's because I am, it's not I'm trying to end the argument. It is that I'm acknowledging that I have lost the argument because I'm, it's not, I understand that my feeling doesn't make any sense. Right, and so it's a matter of dealing with the feeling rather than dealing with the feeling. Don't stop, continue. <laughs> uh, uh, it, rather than like, it, it, it becomes a question of like, not is this a good thing or is this a bad thing, but how can we, how can we, stop people from having these negative feelings about things that we work on in the future or or whatever, right? Because the fact that it is a well-designed system, or the fact that it makes a bunch of rational sense doesn't stop people from liking or disliking it based on a purely emotional reaction to it, right? And so it's, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like there's a, there is a slight difference in nuance between what you're quoting me as saying and what I'm actually saying in, in those situations. So I want to talk to you about the role that these sorts of feelings play in game design. Do you think that all game design comes down to the manipulation of irrational and individual feelings? Is there a place for genuine rational debate when talking about what is best for the game? When is it worth defending a feeling? Well, I mean, I think the baseline for everything that you present to the player should be, is this fun and awesome? And fun and awesome are feelings, right? So in a way, I guess, yes, uh, all game design does come down to the manipulation of irrational individual feelings. Because, I mean, having fun playing a video game is pretty irrational, right? I mean, you should be out there trying to get laid or trying to make more money or whatever. Right, if you if you were going to go the purely rational route, um, and yeah, that doesn't mean that you cannot step back from it and talk about it rationally and and learn what has worked in the past and what will work in the future and and examine how you feel as the person providing these products and services to people about the ways in which you're manipulating their feelings, right? Like, if, the, because, so like from a from an accountant's perspective, let's imagine that we had an accountant. KOL would be a device for turning fun into money, uh-huh. right? We produce fun for other people. The other people say, hey, this is fun. I want to give you some money for this. And then they give us some money. And I think there are good ways to do that and bad ways to do that. And you... There is certainly a place for rational discourse and debate in differentiating between the good and the bad ways of working that equation out. Right. And I mean, also, sometimes it's fun to get up your own ass in an academic debate about the ethics of video game design or whatever. Right. I mean, it's like we we don't get to we don't get to write papers about poems anymore in our day-to-day life and yet we still want to sound like smarmy douches you know like that big dog smarmy douche 
Um, Lord Bitchlot says, when the Stomping Boost bo- box box was found with the potion, some people were saying it was the final future jackets that existed but no one had found yet. Of course, that was a bug, but I could never get a clear answer on whether or not there was a final future or not. Is there indeed some part of the Stomping Boots that no one has found yet, or was that another bit of confusion? I think it was another bit of confusion because I think... I think that at one point I was under the impression that one or two of the types of paste couldn't be gotten at this point, but I forgot that there is like at least one elf and at least one penguin that are that have been puttied or 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 are in the facts network. And I just forgot about that. I was thinking, oh weird. Nobody will discover this elf paste until we do another crimbo thing where there's elves available, but then I was like, like that is just entirely not the case. So that's probably what I was talking about. As far as I know, and I, I don't have my fingers crossed or anything, there is nothing undiscovered about the stomping boots. Um, we're getting pretty close to the end. Do you want to uh, you want to call it, Mr. Scullad? Uh sure. I won't. Call what do you want to call it? Uh, I won't call it a comeback. That's for sure. I'll I'll call it a day. I'll call it a night. All right. I won't call it late for dinner. Uh, Good night, everybody.